I got the name um, DCI. It really stands for Destiny Cots International. Um, and so when I started to travel, and I, I tell people all the time, I literally started from the bottom. <laughs> we started, um, myself and two other friends, we wanted to be platform artists. And so that's pretty much where a company hires you to promote their product and sell their product on stage. And so I felt like after 10 years of teaching that I could do that. You know, I could do that and I could probably do a better job. And so I focused in and that was a goal that I wanted to do. And so I would, I knew that I had to have some type of resume background. So I started to um, travel and really take any show that wanted me to come and teach. And so we would travel all across Mississippi, Texas, Georgia. And to us, it was building up our resume and allow our name to float. And um, we knew when the big day would come, excuse me, that um, we would be able to generate enough people, at least from the South, that would speak well of us. Um, and so those other companies would draw some attention in. So after about 10 years of teaching in the classroom, I had the opportunity to maybe audition. I think the YouTube, Shamika, is still uh, up. <laughs> I auditioned for a company called Ivy Enterprises, and it is um, what you guys would know of Kiss Colors, Kiss Cosmetics, um, Kiss Nails, anything that has to do with Kiss that you see in your local beauty supply stores. That's that company. And I, I auditioned to be a platform artist. And here's the thing. This girl from Memphis from the South auditioning on the stage and all of their other educators were on reality shows, BET. They were doing all these big celebrities in Atlanta. I didn't have none of that on my roster. <laughs> I didn't have none of that on my resume. And But I believe that, you know, this, it, this is my time. So can you believe that I um, taught at this show? And it was the Bronner Brothers show. And also, this is Wow. The, yeah. And that was my first time teaching at Bronner Brothers. Um and I had to find a focus. And my focus at that time was hair color. I just found that no one that looked like me could explain hair color. And that was a way in. You know, they said, God's got to give you a way out and he'll give you a way in. That was my way in to the world of teaching on the platform mm -hmm. and all of that. So I went on stage, did my spiel, and it was amazing. It's still on YouTube. And... I literally got tore down, you know, and I really do believe it was because I didn't bring um, to the table the celebrity and things like that. So I still held my own, smiled, and um, I just wanted it checked off the list because I never wanted to say I was going to do something and didn't do it. So I went backstage and the guy who was one of the managers, he gave me a hug. And when I tell you, Shamika, you could literally feel the Holy Spirit just engulfed us. And I was crying. I think he was crying. I'm not sure uh, if he was crying. But he said, you didn't get that job, but you got the job. And that literally just changed my life. That moment changed my life because I was competing to be on a stage with multiple people. And God prepared a stage with just me. So I ended up working for that company. 
Um, they asked me if I could create uh, a color trend for a new for an upcoming show, the next Bronner show, which is probably six months or a year down the line. And I developed a color trend that you can probably still find now. They were formulas for this company, Kiss Colors. And me and my niece, I knew PowerPoint and uh, she took the pictures. We put it together. I sent it in. And they loved it so much that they gave me my own stage by myself. And it was my first big paycheck. And um, that paycheck was $10,000. And it was my, I was like, wow, I really used my brain and did not use um, my body or anything else that would make people choose you. You know, I was from Memphis. I wasn't supposed to win to them. I wasn't from where they were from. I didn't look their part, but I just shared my gift. And when I went backstage, I didn't get that job, but I got the job. And that job really led to where I am today professionally because I had an opportunity to bring um, some Memphis colorists and Memphis stylists onto that stage. And we killed it. So it's been a sellout ever since. <laughs> and um, pretty much I was uh, one of their lead colorists. And the same young lady um, that was just, you know, you're not good enough. You know, we're good friends to this day. And uh, it came to the point she didn't want to go on stage without me because of what God gave me here. So she knew if I got on stage, I would I would never show their weaknesses and so you know whenever we had to go on stage i always was a forerunner to go on stage and they knew that as a team we were safe so no matter what somebody else lacked i was going to pick up somewhere and wherever i lacked, they were going to pick up so we're still family <laughs> with um kiss colors and ivy enterprises we're still industry family they're actually um doing something big now in Miami and we're still family. And from there where I was the back of the line, it, what I knew and what God gave me, my gift brought me all the way to the front of the line. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I do travel and teach and work for other companies. Um, I've written books on hair color and that's really what people know me from, from beauty industry is taking something super complex and finding a way to break it down where you can understand it. So, what are some of the books you've? I'm sorry. What are some of the books you spoke about? Books. What are yeah. some of the books you've written? Um. So some of the books that are complementary to your to your books that you use in the classroom is Secrets of a Colorist, um, which is the A to Z breakdown of hair color for the beginner. Also, Teach Me Color, which is for our advanced individuals, and uh, Beauty School. Um, no, it's business laws of color. So once you know hair color, how do we charge for it? You know, how do we include it and make it a business instead of adding five dollars just for rents? So a lot of those books help train and nurture a lot of people who you see as your colorist now. Um, because we've had over 10 years, they were in publication at trade shows and trade shows. And um, I stopped printing them during COVID just to focus on family you know we didn't know what was going on during pandemic and i still get um messages of people who need the book some people buy them for their whole salon you know so 
it's still a major um, emphasis in beauty when it comes to um, educating people of color about hair color. We talked, you kind of talked about pricing. Mm -hmm. How does a person know how to not waver when they set their prices? Because we live in an era where some people may say, I want a discount and I get, give me the hookup. How do you know, how, how does a person stop from wavering when they set their price and say, you know what, this is my price? Yeah. First, you got to know the value of what you do. You know, you just can't be, you know, we see this person making this and we want to go make that and we feel like this is the price. You can't throw out a price either. You got to know the value of the labor and the cost of to make that happen. And um, the only way you do that is through being under someone, mentorship, learning how they learn. You know, we talked about that earlier. But also when it comes to pricing and some people may be afraid, I used to give my price and walk away. <laughs> they can't argue with somebody who's not there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was scared to talk about pricing early on because no one taught me that. But I would give my price and walk away. And, and it's like, correct? You're good? You're good with that? <laughs> you know? But also it came to the point I had to understand there is a service for every budget. So my service may not match your budget if you want a discount, you know? And so people just have to learn that what you offer, where does it come in worth? And you have to give yourself um, room if you want to do a sale, you want to do anything. Remember, you have to, you still got to live, you got to pay bills. And we're in business, for, you know, to make money, not in business just to just, hey, let people run over you. You know, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But, you know, I always tell people this, and um, this is where I challenge my students in pricing, is that do you have children? This is what I would ask them. Um, do they? Are you the sole provider for them? Do they look to you for food and shelter? And if you're discounting all of those prices, you're taking out of the mouths of your children, their life. So what do you do? You know, do you stand up and stand your ground or you just give it away? And sometimes that hits hard and it, it gives them into it makes them into a reality check. But I also tell them whatever the price is, whether it's the premium price or mid, let the value exceed what you're asking. So don't just give them anything and charge a hundred dollars. I want to know what I'm getting for the hundred dollars. So allow that what you give exceed the price that you say, you know, so that's just an excellence. Um, you want them to be wild with the final product okay. and it's going to be easy for them to give you whatever you say. Okay. So as far as, you know, of course you grow, should your mm -hmm. prices grow as you grow or should your price always be the the top of how should your I say? prices should your price always be like here and then as you grow it should say here or should it start here and then go up as you grow with with all i've done my prices are not even here <laughs> um your prices should go should grow with what you know the more knowledge you gain the more value you bring and that price should increase does that make any sense it does 
the more knowledge that you learn, the trainings, the courses, the classes, the webinars, you're, bring, you're building your brand, you're building yourself with knowledge. And the more knowledge that you have a capacity of, then now the knowledge is worth, you're worth, you build your value, you're worth more. All right. And so two people could be doing the same service, but because I have more training, I'm going to put a different price on it. And if you, you try to match the price without the capacity of the knowledge, somebody's going to look, you, you, you're going to look like a fool because you don't have the training, the background to back it up. So the more you know, so invest in education, invest in training, the more you know, the more you can grow financially. How often should a leader be, be doing trainings? I say every quarter. Because every quarter is a projection. That's the corporate side coming in. <laughs> every quarter, there's a there's projections, you know. And so what didn't work? Okay, this didn't work. This worked. What did I do to allow that to work? The areas that came up short, I need training in those areas. Because if I go throughout the year and those areas never get tightened up, there's going to be a severe loss at the end of the year. What makes a leader? We talked a little bit about you being in the in part one. So this is part two, and then we're gonna wrap it up because I want you to, you guys to know Destiny's credentials. She's amazing and she's a game changer, and she brings a lot to her industry's table and a lot to the table in general. What are some of the qualities of a leader that you feel a boss may or may not possess? quality the qualities patience patience with people because most of the time we're in business and people are are, are um, consumers and we serve people um, we want to provide services to them we they, they purchase our products but we need patience and we need understanding of people you know um, also, just honesty, trust. Um, some of your basic things are qualities to live by, even if you're an entrepreneur or not. So um, most consumers are going to look for trust and honesty before they give you a dime. And so discipline is always something. As we make the money, you don't spend the money, you know. Um, you went out and got the ingredients today. That doesn't mean the cake is going to be ready in the next 10 minutes, you know. So it's longevity and growth that we're looking for. And so some of the same things that um, in other industries or beauty industry, like you said, um, those qualities are going to are always going to grow. So building your character, um, having trust and honesty uh, with your product building discipline within yourself and having patience with people and understanding people, um, I will take you a long way. They're just general. And the last thing I'm going to say, which I probably should have said it first was no worries. No worries. We know how to edit. <laughs> yeah. Was faith. You know, everybody has a faith journey. So where are you in your faith and your faith will really determine um, the obstacles that you allow to set you aside or that you challenge and you jump over them. Um, if you don't have faith, you're allowing fear to come in and fear can stumble you. It can uh, muzzle you from 
being the best entrepreneur in the marketplace or the best person, the best friend, because you have something to say, but fear would cause that to um, just silence you. And when you have fear, you really can't walk in the ability that you're supposed to walk in. Um, you fully can't walk in the gift that God wants, you, where he wants you to be. And um, you can be impactful to your people, your tribe, your family, when you operate in fear. So faith is going to be the opposite of that. I'm going to tell people all the time, just jump. <laughs> Believe in yourself and nobody else do and just jump and watch God catch you. Wow. You're amazing. Oh, and also, God, glory. Yes. Um, I think we pretty much covered. Was there anything you want to say that we didn't cover? Um, no. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm coming back. I'm coming back. That's all I want to say. I want to say this is an amazing platform and I'm coming back. I'm going to um, just share this with everyone because everyone needs to see what you're doing. This is so amazing. And you're getting stories out that normally people wouldn't hear that story. So I thank you for allowing me to share my story. I appreciate you. This is awesome. You're welcome. And as you were talking, I was listening, but I also came up with another question. What are some of the challenges and roadblocks that you faced along the way? Were there times where you said, you know what, this is this dream is too big? Were there times you wanted to give up? Yeah. Um, many times, many times um, I faced challenges and this is where those breaks and things come in. Um, in the beginning, my overhead was too expensive and it stressed me out that it took away from the joy of that first year of successful business, you know? So people saw one thing, but they didn't feel the headache at the end of the night. And um, I went to a training in Nashville through SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, which is an organization that provides free business training. And so I reached out for help. And um, they told me, you don't need a beauty professional. You need someone that understands sales and business as your mentor. And that changed the game for me. And I sat in on a class and the guy, the facilitator was a former president of QVC. And he talked numbers and he talked overhead and he talked uh, about pricing. And it was really where I needed to be. He said, if you compete with their rent, that's a necessity. That shelter, they're going to choose shelter every time over what you have to provide. So it was knocked me off of my feet. I had to go back and do my numbers. And God gave me a strategy to where to minimize the student's payments, but make them more frequent where they didn't compete with their necessities. And I saw success. Um, so sometimes we got to sit back. We can't just be flying off another person's blueprint. We got to sit back and modify it. And it's good to have someone that can speak real business into you. And so you're able to sit there and understand and say, hey, I think my business will work better this way. But it was the stress of the overhead that was um, killing me softly, period. Okay. Also, but we already, how did you get people to believe in your vision enough to monetize off of their belief in you? 
let me tell you, my my students were the first students of DC Academy, and we're almost four years old. But remember, before then, I've been teaching since I was 19. When I came on, people are always looking for something. Everybody could sell lemonade, but they don't have your lemonade. So there were a lot of beauty schools in Memphis, and I just said, one school closed down, and I just said, well, I think it's time for me to just jump and open up my beauty school. And when I tell you, the comments went crazy. <laughs> the shares went crazy. But because of the character and reputation I built as a teacher being in the classroom, not looking for um, a front row seat, social media wasn't even social media, but because of what I built those years in the classroom, people knew me and they knew if she was my teacher, she was, she, you're going to be a, I need my daughter to be with you. I get that all the time. And so that's really how everything was built is through word of mouth and people trusting who I was, who they knew me before. And now moving into school ownership, they would share with their friends. Now she was my teacher. Now, what she did back there and all these new resources she got, I know, you know, they were just, people were speaking for me. I don't even know people. <laughs> but it was, it was like day and night. So the things I did behind the scenes, they spoke loudly for me in front of the scenes. And it was, uh, I wouldn't say it was easy. It was, it was hard, but 50% of our student base came from referrals of people parents or cousins that I've taught that they trusted me with their children and um like I even have a student now I taught her mom 20 years ago <laughs> and um uh, I just get I get a lot of that so her mom had a great experience great exp learning experience under me and her daughter is having a, a great experience I hope now under me <laughs> how important and this will be the final question so you seem to have a good rapport with a lot of people. How important is it having a good reputation and being a business owner? Or can you go into detail about good reputations about versus bad reputations yeah. in owning a business? Um, good reputations, you can't buy it. It has to be organic, authentic. It comes from the history of people knowing you, the relationships you build. And so it just has to be organic. And also just like bad reputations, it's organic also. People do not want to patronize people who do not give back, who take, 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 who are mean, who are rude, um, all because you have such and such followers. And I run into this a lot too. Um, people have a million followers, their attitudes are bad. And um, people that have 4,000 followers, they are the happiest people in the world. And so you know who I'm going to patronize? I'm going to buy that lip gloss from the person that has 4,000 followers because this person appreciates what I'm giving, what I'm giving them. You know, I don't have to. So I find people all the time who just have a bad attitude and they're not people. Uh, I would say people, people. So, and they're in business and I don't understand why they're wasting their time or their money because this day and age, people are not going to give their hard earned money to people who do not respect them.
And I don't ask people to show me respect. You need to respect me. No, I'm going to respect you first. Let me clear that. Anything you may think about me, let me clear that up. My job is to serve you in service or in product. So let me clear that up first. And so you don't feel any kind of way. And then we can move forward. So I always say, how can I serve you? And it is just the customer service that needs to be built. Um, and sometimes those things are not, you have entrepreneurs who are overnight successes and they don't have the development of professionalism. And it's a couple of knocks down the road, but eventually they get it. They don't want to get knocked down too many times and it grows on them. But for the individuals who are, I would say, um, live, eat, drink, customer service and, and professionalism and just a happy heart. Those are the ones that really, truly are your success stories. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Did you have anything you wanted to leave in, in um, our viewers with before we end this? Um, I know last time you ended ended it with something else, but maybe you have another day. I know, I know. It's, it's just the same thing. Staying focused, staying disciplined. If you really want to be, um, you know, I'm not even an entrepreneur. Whatever you decide that you want to do, no, you, you can do it. You can do it. There's enough out here for everybody. And um, you can do anything you set your mind to. You just got to start. And that's it. <laughs> and thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries. Thank you guys for meeting us in the gym. No, not that gym, this gym.